0: Welcome to Power Past the Competition, the podcast where John Latka, a retail automotive expert with an undeniable track record in sales leadership, employee development, and performance management, shares ways and means to help you get energized and rev up sales. And now, here's your host, John Latka. Welcome back, everyone. I'm John Latka, and this is Power Past the Competition, podcast number five. Today, I'll be talking about HR, human resources, from recruiting to retaining. So, let's start with some statistics, shall we? Did you know that 47% of HR professionals said retention was the top challenge they faced, closely followed by recruitment at 36%. And looking at it from a dollar's perspective, a bad hire costs an average of $15,000, and losing an experienced employee costs an average of $30,000. So it's obvious to me that in today's turbulent economic landscape, it's more important than ever to hire the right candidate, as well as engage and retain your current employees. I'm sure you'll agree that many dealerships struggle with HR. Let's face it, the average turnover rate at a dealership can be as high as 60% in the sales department. So now, more than ever, those involved in hiring, managing, and leading employees need to be better equipped to align and balance people, processes, technology, culture, and ongoing support with a view to continuous improvement and retention. And quite frankly, HR needs to be more than just a recruiting department. So in this podcast, we'll review some key points in each of the following segments of the HR process. Recruiting, hiring, onboarding, training, developing, and retaining. And by the way, I agree with the old adage, Hire slow, fire fast. The concept refers to employers taking their time to hire somebody and firing them quickly if it's not working out. So take time to hire the right fit, but act quickly to fire a bad hire and avoid longer lasting negative impacts. Let's start with steps in recruiting. Step number one is to establish who will be involved in the process at each stage, and then determine the timelines and responsibilities for each person. Make sure that you get buy-in from everyone involved. And remember that just like in sales, all it takes is one misstep to blow everything up. Step two is to establish a candidate profile That should include experience or no experience, hard skills, soft skills, and attitude. The candidate should also exhibit the right disposition and behavioral characteristics along with being a good cultural fit. Step three is to create an employment ad and decide where and when to place it in order to find the right candidate. Remember to sell the sizzle, not the steak, and job descriptions should never be job posts. You also need to remember that candidates must be sold on two things, the opportunity and the dealership. Please don't miss this important distinction because candidates are not just interested in a great new position, they're interested in a great new employer. When creating the ad, The first part is to introduce the dealership and the position. And be sure to include the name of the position along with the top three things that will make it attractive to applicants. And avoid setting yourself and your candidates up for failure with a stereotypical ad that states, Earn $100,000 per year or unlimited income. Consider telling the dealership story information about your dealership that applicants may want to know, like how many years you've been in business, and other nuggets that applicants can get excited about, you know, like a winning work culture, five-star customer reviews, and community involvement. Describe the position by including essential requirements rather than the typical laundry list of bullet points. Try to limit yourself to three or four things and then provide information on work hours, pay plan, educational opportunities, upward mobility, benefits, perks, and anything else applicants may find interesting. If you want to attract people from other places, you need to sell applicants on your location. And just like a realtor would do, give them some details like schools, shopping, activities, attractions, things to do, and commute times. So, if your location is an easy commute, let them know. Most people would be interested in a position that can cut their commute time. And in a quick bullet-pointed recap of the top five to six reasons, this last part of the ad should tell them again why they should apply. This will make sure that your key points are in the candidate's mind when they apply. Step four is to collect, review, and filter resumes that match or most closely match your established candidate profile. Step five is to start the three-stage interview process, keeping in mind that it should only take a matter of days and definitely not weeks. If you take too long, you'll lose candidates. Make sure candidates you reach out to Understand your process from the first interview to when they get hired. This way, they won't be left in the dark about what happens next. Now, let's take a look at interview questions, the structure of the interview, and an overview of the three interview process. I strongly recommend behavioral interview questions because they reveal how candidate handled different work situations in the past. Their answers can provide a glimpse into their personality, abilities, and skills. The logic behind these questions is that they can predict how they would behave should a similar situation arise in your workplace. You should also consider incorporating situational questions that would reveal how they might behave in a hypothetical situation. Now. Let's review the six steps and timelines in the structure of the interview. Step one is what I refer to as the warm-up and shouldn't take any more than three to five minutes. Its purpose is that of introductions and to simply allow the person about to be interviewed to become composed and comfortable. The one leading the interview makes introductions to the others in the room and then asks the candidate to be seated. Step two is the layout, which should take no more than 5 to 10 minutes. The purpose is to have the person leading the interview orient the candidate to the process and guidelines in a simple and friendly manner. Step three is the body or main part of the interview and lasts around 60 minutes. This is the focal point. Success to some degree will depend on whether or not the interviewer has established rapport during the warm-up and structure steps. It also depends on the questioning techniques used by the interviewer. Step four is the question period which can run from five to fifteen minutes. It's when the applicant may ask relevant questions about the position, the organization, or perhaps volunteer information he or she feels is relevant but which was not brought out during the body of the interview. Some applicants might use this period to sum up and reiterate their qualifications. Step 5 is referred to as the selling step and usually takes 5 to 10 minutes, and it should only be applied in the second or third interview if the applicant appears to be one to whom an offer of employment might be made the lead interviewer outlines the benefits of working for the organization. Step six is the closing or wrap up and can take three to five minutes where a brief comment or a series of comments close the interview and let the applicant know what procedure is followed to advise them of the result of the interview. Now, Let's take a look at the overview of the three interviews. Interview one is the telephone interview. This is the first screening stage in the process. Ideally, you have a number of strong candidates and the phone screening will help cut down that list. To set up the telephone interview first, text or email candidates as to when you're going to call them to schedule this initial interview. This allows you to see how quickly they respond and how they structure their response. The phone interview allows you to hear their tone as they respond to a structured set of questions. The time frame is approximately 30 to 45 minutes, and let them know they will receive a link to a behavioral assessment they must complete before being invited to the second interview, which is face-to-face. Now, a behavioral assessment in recruiting gives you a way of seeing how the applicant responds to certain situations and offers a prediction of their future behavior. It can help you shortlist candidates who have the temperament and traits for the role. You can also gain insight into how the candidate will fit in with your team and culture. They also show strengths and challenges, and this can help with developing some of the interview questions that would be specific to the candidate. When setting up face-to-face interviews, make sure that reception is aware as to when candidates will be arriving and have them greet and seat the candidates in a waiting area. The one leading the interview should then introduce themselves to the candidate, offer them a bottle of water, and escort them to the interview room. Interview 2 is the first of two face-to-face interviews and includes the managers who will be involved in the decision-making process. In this interview, each manager has a set of behavior-based questions to ask, and they take turns asking the questions, rating the answers, and taking notes. They should also observe body language, tone of voice, and eye contact being made by the candidate. Once the second interviews are done, the best candidates are invited to the third and final interview, which again is face-to-face. The questions for this interview would still be behavior-based and the same format would apply. Now, after the third interview, you should be able to pick a candidate that you make an offer of employment to, subject to the results of your HR due diligence process. And that brings us to the hiring stage. Where once you've done your due diligence, like verifying and documenting reference checks, driver's license abstract, criminal background checks, and whatever else your dealership requires, you're now in a position to make an offer of employment. Now, the offer stage can be a delicate one and you should never take for granted that a candidate is going to accept your offer. However, if you followed the process, then the candidate should accept your offer the majority of the time. And here's an important note. If you're working with a search consultant, they should be the one to extend the offer because chances are that's what the candidate expects. Once the candidate accepts your offer, the onboarding process begins, and it's important to remember that the onboarding process is perhaps the most crucial step in the HR process, and it's far more than just showing them where the washrooms are located. Every new hire should be set up for success. Your onboarding process should teach new employees not only about the job and company culture, but also about how they can contribute and thrive in their new position. Don't take shortcuts in this critical step. Chances are, the orientation, training, and support you provide from day one will set the tone for their entire career. Onboarding includes having their workspace clean and ready. Once they know where their workspace is, get the paperwork out of the way. You know, the forms for payroll, taxes, benefits, and such. Then get them socialized by giving a tour of the dealership and introduce them to employees in other departments. Ideally, you have an onboarding checklist to keep everyone on track and on time. Once on board, you need to structure an outline of a continuous improvement and development plan that includes short term goals for 30 days, 90 days, six months, and 12 months. The plan should include skill-specific training, coaching, mentoring, and counseling. When it comes to training new salespeople, you should have a training checklist in place that includes product knowledge, the sales process, dealer management software, performance management software, CRM, and customer-focused communication skills, including telephone, Email, text, and video, not to mention social media and anything else the dealership has to offer that will contribute to the person's success. And don't forget to include an outline of daily routines. Now that we have the employee, we want to make sure that everything is in place for retaining them. Now, this reminds me of a Seinfeld episode where Jerry says to the car rental agent, You know how to take a reservation. You just don't know how to hold the reservation. And really, that's the most important part of the reservation. Okay, all kidding aside, hiring is easier than retaining. Why? Because hiring is short-term and retaining is long-term. I can't underscore enough the importance of good workplace communication. Employees should feel they can come to you with ideas questions, and concerns at any time. And as a manager and leader, you need to promote timely, constructive, and positive communication with all employees. Be proactive and manage by walking around. Connect with each employee on a regular basis. While there's still a place for annual performance reviews, I'm more in favor of regular one-on-one meetings to review their progress around short and long-term goals and give continuous feedback on performance. This helps you identify where they may need help. Then you can offer training, coaching, and mentoring to fit their specific needs. Make it a priority to invest in your employees' professional development. For long-term success, make sure that you understand and continue to meet the needs of your employees pay particular attention to the following list of why people quit a position. Pay plan and benefits, workload, lack of support, lack of recognition, dissatisfaction with the culture, work-life balance, and unhappiness with management. And further to that, I want to draw your attention to Frederick Herzberg, an American psychologist who became famous for theorizing that employee satisfaction has two dimensions that must be met. Extrinsic needs, such as pay plans, status, position security, working conditions, fringe benefits, policies, administrative practices, and interpersonal relationships, along with intrinsic needs, such as meaningful and challenging work, recognition for accomplishments, feelings of achievement, increased responsibilities, and opportunities for advancement. So, if you're paying attention to the list of things I just mentioned, you should not have a retention issue. The idea is to promote satisfaction and prevent dissatisfaction. And that, my friends, concludes this episode on human resources, where we touched on recruiting, hiring, onboarding, training, developing, and retaining. So, if you'd like to learn more about taking HR to the next level at your dealership, you can reach out to me through John Latka on LinkedIn or call toll-free at 877-708-8484. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like it, write a five-star review, and download or subscribe to it wherever you listen to your podcasts and until next week god bless and stay safe power past the competition with john ladka airs every week and is sponsored by automotive business solutions automotive business solutions a boutique consulting agency offering workshops seminars and performance specific software to help you power past the competition Find automotive business solutions online at automotivebusinesssolutions.com. Thanks for listening and please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Podstarter.